The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Uh, Terry Prone, good morning and welcome. Fionn Sheen, Ireland editor with the Irish Independent, good morning and welcome. Luke O'Neill, been with us since the very beginning, 10 years ago. Right, uh, you're very welcome. <laughs> and Alice Lee, Director of Services at Alice Lee Trust, also a regular contributor since the very beginning. Good morning, all, and welcome. Good morning, Good morning, morning sir. Pat. Congratulations. Okay, where do we start? Um, Fionn, you've been writing about the Electoral Commission and how they got it wrong. Yeah, even when even the the Tánaiste is admitting they were conservative, it does just just sum up how the larger political parties were pretty happy, and I don't think that's necessarily a, a good thing uh, for democracy. You should have people complaining uh, about uh, a redraw. It, it was an opportunity to be be very radical. Uh, they were given a blank canvas and said they just kind of filled stuff in around the edges. So they they made the boundaries. They didn't push the boundaries. Uh, yeah, they, they and tried to, the to honour county boundaries, did they not? Uh, they did to a bit. I mean, we're we're delighted in in Tipperary to be welcoming in Kilkenny people, and so they can, <laughs> they, can they can learn a thing or two now about hurling office and, we won't and get so any on. Hurlers, get so <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the swings and roundabouts there. I mean, you'll you'll fix one place, you'll you'll uh, you'll amend another. I'd be very cautious about this idea of having a referendum to tell people you need less TDs and you should have more more people. The electorate tend to be very sceptical about proposals that are put to them about reform of the political system. We've seen this yeah. in the past in terms of changes to PR. We saw it a decade ago. Uh, one the of the first stories you would have covered in the Shannon. He appeared to be relatively open to six-seaters, for example, and they can change that themselves. Well, you see, but he had the opportunity to do it, of course. I mean, the, the Green Party were out this week complaining that there wasn't six-seaters, but they're in government. I mean, if they wanted six-seaters, they could have done it. I think what, what the redraw did in the constituencies affected, they, they threw lifelines because you were looking at a lot of those constituencies and saying Sinn Féin are probably going to win seats in those places. Now the people who they were going to take out have an opportunity to, to, to stay on. So I don't think it, it necessarily affects the number of seats that so Sinn Féin who, were going to win. who got the life, the so, life belt? T- Gino Kenny in Dublin Midwest, Roderick O'Gorman in Dublin West, Joe O'Brien in, in Dublin Fingal, uh, probably Fine Gael or Catherine Martin. Uh, down in Cork South Central, the, the classic now is that if Michal Martin was to choose to go off to Europe in 12 months' time, I know he was talking to you about fulfilling mandates, but a European commissioner's job would be very tempting in 12 months' time to head off to. Uh, he could safely run either uh, his Cork Intercounty footballer son or his brother, and they'd comfortably be, be elected. That probably wasn't the case uh, up and up until now. Likewise, Carol Nolan, the independent down in, down in Offaly, probably a bit, a bit safer. Sean Kenny, same in, in Galway, and Joe Flaherty, Fianna Fáil. So all these people were looking at Sinn Féin breathing down their necks uh, come the next election, and now it's, it's a little bit safer for them. All right, Alice, your thoughts on Tipperary welcoming Kilkenny? Uh, well, I, I would agree with everything Fionn has said, and he would be an expert in the in this field. Uh, two thing, three things. One is, well, I think people in Erlingford they might vote for people in South Tip, but I can guarantee you they won't get one hurler from Kilkenny, and they could do with them now. Um, the other thing I feel with you know we're talking now about who's going to lose their seat and who's not. I think there is something missing in the whole discussion around politics. What does politics mean? to people. We have a lot of people who are disillusioned. Nobody has mentioned um, the boundaries to me. I'm waiting to hear somebody mention them. And will this help in any way to get people to value politics and discuss our democracy? And the last thing, I'm very conscious that we're here today in a beautiful setting. And the last time I was here in a box once, I think, was the only time when Brian O'Driscoll was representing Ireland for the last match. And it was marvellous. But I am very conscious today, and I I know the panel won't 
mind me saying it, I come from South Prairie. I come from Feathered, uh, looking out at Slevenamon, but I'm equal distance from Cashel and Clonmel, where we've had terrible tragedies this week. And as we, I speak, uh, the lovely brother and sister are being buried in Clonmel. And then up, up the road in Cashel, I use cycle to both of those places. Poor little Tom O'Reilly and his family preparing for the funeral. So I know you will forgive me for mentioning that because at the end of the day with politics and everything, isn't it all about people? It is, and uh, we echo those sentiments, uh, Alice. Yeah. Uh, our hearts go out to, to all of the families. It's unconscionable what uh, they've had to go through, and it's been a bad year, generally Terrible. speaking, for that kind of... And, I, and, and also, Pat, the first responders. I mean, there was a photograph, I don't know if Madam, but I would have a lot of contact with the Gardaí, and I really think we have a great police force in, in spite of what's happening. But there was Superintendent Ruban, and he showed his emotion, because we don't allow men to show their emotions, you know, but he was there. He had dealt with one tragedy. He had to wake up the next morning and deal with another one. And then he also had to deal with others who were probably complaining and that. If I was near him, I would love to have thrown my arms around him and say, we value people like and, you. And we will talk about the Gardaí and, uh, you know, more mature people joining <coughs> the Gardaí in a moment. And uh, we touched on it with Paul Williams. Uh, Terry, uh, your thoughts on the electoral reform? I mean, they had, as Fionn said, a blank canvas. Could they have done more? Should they have done more? I have no idea, Pat, because you know that I work with politicians all the time. Yeah. Um, I know that you won't tell anybody, but <laughs> I, I don't know what constituency I'm in. <laughs> really? I, it's shocking, I know. Um, <laughs> constituencies are things that people like Fiona and Sheehan understand and get happy about from the first time they wake up in the morning. <laughs> I suspect Fiona might actually agree with me that this is not true of the rest of the country. We don't give a sugar, except maybe in more rural areas. Mm. The I was listening to Frankie Fian, who has to be the sweetest survivor of awful times in politics over the last 20 years. I mean, he was like Job in the Bible. Everything, including <laughs> hospitals, got dropped on his head. And I heard him on radio being very hopeful and positive about the awful changes to his constituency and saying... It would all be grand, and for his sake, I hope it is. Um, is this something that uh, bothers you every morning as you head for the dark loop? <laughs> no, not at all. No, no, not at least, no. Although I did notice that, uh, you know, we're massively overrepresented in Ireland at one level. Three times the level of UK, for instance, in terms of number of politicians per capita, you know. So now that's going to go up even more. So, and I guess it's a good thing, but still, it's interesting how well represented we are as a country, you know. Yeah, uh, there is kind of a thing called critical mass when you've got uh, particularly county boundaries, which are so important in GAA terms, but also mm -hmm. in other terms. People are proud of their county. Um, that if you were to do everything by the numbers, uh, Dublin would probably dominate yeah. and Leitrim would be grossly underrepresented. That's so right. this is some sort of a, a, a fix. But I, I want to ask you, uh, Luke, your memories of the last 10 years, because you've been there from the very beginning too. You and me were on the very first day, I think it was, Pat, yeah. to be honest, I can't believe it. And I found my notes, right? Unbelievably, because I'm a scientist, I document everything. Uh, I realised we did anti-aging four times. You must be taking anti-aging chemicals. It's <laughs> because you haven't changed a bit in the 10 years, the first thing, right? But, you know, the very first topic we did was chemical warfare, strangely. I think the Kurds were being bombed or something at that yeah. time, you know? And we discussed mustard gas and various things like that, you know? So looking back on that time is intriguing from this distance. And, and we did a scientific topic every week and then 
the pandemic happened. It did. And then yeah. we became the pandemic twins. Well, then I, then, I, then I got accused that you're always on that bloody Pat Kenny show every day. I was accused. <laughs> of, you know? I think we did twice a week, didn't we, for a while? Yeah. yeah. Through the pandemic. Yeah. And I suppose that has got to be the uh, abiding, if you like, biochemistry memory of your last 10 years. Incredible. I mean, the science that was happening in real time, and you and I kept discussing the advances as they emerged, you know, and the vaccines came along. Talk, talk the, the biggest science story in 100 years, let's face it, you know, and then the great triumph over the vaccination campaign. And by the way, the last time I was in the Aviva was getting vaccinated. Remember that? <laughs> Remember that? Did you get, did you? Get, did I, you? I, I spent some time here getting vaccinated. I was vaccinated. in a big queue down there and I got my jab and uh, there was a great sense of excitement, my memory. Yeah. Older people. Yeah. I, I, like, of course, by that stage, you'd made me famous, fellas as a trouble, you see. And they came up to me, all kept shaking yeah. my hand. I, I was like, you know, on an ass coming in with the, the families at my feet and they were shaking all Luca and then we all got vaccinated together. Yeah. Wasn't it? We, we were both intrigued during that uh, period, uh, Fionn, about how Luke and the listeners were so ahead of the game and the politicians, you know, and I know Paul Reid is here, uh, but, you, you know, we had all the science and we had it early and therefore we passed it on to the listeners about, you know, the use of masks and uh, vaccination and what it would do and all the rest of it. And yet they, they seem to be just two steps behind all the time. Yeah, but I mean... Uh Obviously, they're, <laughs> unfortunately, they're taking other considerations other than science uh, into it. You'd like to see that a more, a more fact-based uh, analysis w- was done. What they were taking in, in, on board was, well, OK, well, who are we going to upset, basically, by, by taking decisions that have been recommended by experts like, like Luke? And that's, you know, that's politics uh, for you. Somebody is always going to be looking at, OK, if I go down this route, what, what, who, who will not benefit? Yeah, and, and you would take the view, Luke, anyway, we did quite well. We did, overall, we did well as a country, no doubt about it. Yeah, some countries did disastrously, you know. We're probably mid-table, I bet you, overall, if we look at the, all the overall analysis. But it wasn't too bad. Different countries took different views. I mean, the, famously, the Swedes were going to get herd immunity. Let the people who are going to die, die. Yeah, it will be looked at for decades, this, Pat, by the way, because it's very complicated. Like, each country is slightly different anyway. Like, Sweet, one reason for Sweden's success was single household occupancy, you see, is much higher there. That's one great way to stop the they spread. Keep to themselves, You're living on your they? own. You're not going to spread it to anybody, are you? So it's complicated. It'll be very hard to pin it down, I think, in the end, actually. Right. Now, we want to move on to the, the question of guard the recruitment. Uh, Alice, what say you? Would you be happy seeing a 45-year-old recruit joining the guards? Well, it would depend on the 45-year-old. And I've met some 45-year-olds, of course I have, who are energetic and great. And then I've met others, and you wouldn't have them looking after a hen hutch. Um, anyway, um, I think I was very interested lately because I met a young woman who's going to university. She'll have her degree next year. And she said to me, Alice, I'm thinking of joining the guards. And I thought that was wonderful because I think I think there's an awful lot of negativity around. And I think we need young people joining. But I think we also need balance. And and, and Paul Williams referred to it there was it. Um, Gartha Johnlin who wanted his uh, years extended and I think that should be allowed because I think we need young and old and I think I think the Gardaí and I mean who am I to speak for them but I think they would be able to maintain more people if they had that mix but I think there's looking at I meet guards at all levels and we couldn't do our work without the amazing support we get from the guards I mean two young guards gave up their free time to a man to take him back to his family in Mauritius who was sleeping on the streets of Dublin for 12 years and he would have died on the streets of Dublin only that our board decided and with the help of two young guards who gave young family men who gave up their time 
to bring him back to the bosom of his family in Mauritius, where he is now very happy and surviving. And this was all during the pandemic. And I think there's an awful lot of good work going on there we don't hear about because we live in a kind of society where we hear, want to hear all the yeah. bad news. Terry, um, the Gardaí, what do they need to do? do we, we certainly need more of them. They need to have somebody, maybe ideally the minister, who would see sense and who would say, does it make sense to bring people in at 45 years of age and turf them at 60? Because if you think about it, that's not a great career path, Mm. nor is it acceptable in a country where we are witnessing people of older years doing competent jobs and having rights. In the middle of this, we have this island called the Gardaí where you have to go at 60. This does not apply in other countries. In America, the view is prove that you can do the job. Even if you're a firefighter, prove you can physically do the job and you're good to go. The notion that a a guy or gal of 60 in the guards should be turfed out because, well, could they really tackle somebody on Talbot Street? If they've been in the guards for that long, they have a whole hell of a lot to offer that doesn't require them working the beat on Talbot Street. <laughs> okay. mm. Luke, yeah. you're nodding your head. Well, what strikes me is, when I was 18, I became six foot six. You've got to become a guard. That, that was the first. <laughs> Remember in those days, I don't know if it was still the case, you've got to be over six no, foot you to don't, be a guard. I think there's no height restriction, is there? Or if there is, no, they got no, rid of that. Five yeah. foot two in a guard. That's right. So now the age Age is changing as well, you know. I think it's great because it's a very complicated thing being a police force nowadays, remember. And pe- why wouldn't people over 45 have a skill set, not necessarily on the beat, but many other tasks are in the guards as well. So I think it's a good thing. And it's, yeah. It was a bit ageist anyway, wasn't it? The retired Sh- Garda is a very valued commodity in the private sector, as we're mm. sitting here in the Aviva Stadium. Many, many former Garda end up as, as kind of a insurance investigator or assessors uh, and so on. Certainly, uh, even in the world of politics, it was been told at the last general election, getting a retired guard to run for the local council was great because he was aware of the community, knew everybody mm. in it mm. and had time in his hand because he was retired at a very, very young young age. So it does strike one that there's a there's a problem there if other people can see the value of these people but not their own organisation. Yeah, the, the, the question of uh, the bringing people in who are more mature and the question of how much they're paid. I mean, if you've had a career somewhere else... Yeah. And you've been earning good money, and then you go to Templemore, and you've got to do a bit of square bashing and all the rest of it, and eventually qualify. Um, maybe it's simply not affordable for most people once they've moved on a bit. And that seems to be part of the packages that are going to look at the, the pay uh, levels as well. I think you know most people would accept if you go back to college to study whatever you are going to take a, a drop in income during that particular uh, period but it's about making the pay as a career uh, that bit more attractive and, and the problem is that Gardaí are now uh, the Gardaí are now competing with, with so many other areas of the economy to get good people mm. Yeah well uh, something will be done and presumably sooner rather than later uh, Fionan I'll stay with you just for a moment because mm. uh, in 10 years from now for all still around uh, what sort of government do you think we'll have? Well, I, I think we are uh, getting very close to having uh, the first non-Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael government uh, in, in, our, in our history or their, 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 their predecessors. Uh, and very hopefully we're getting towards a point where we'll have a, the first female Taoiseach. And I, I think both of those things will happen over the course of the next decade. I'm not entirely 
clear that at the moment they will happen at the next general election, but I think the, the one after that. And I, I think, you know, the positive things are going to happen at the next uh, election, such as having a 40% gender quota, which will ensure that there are more female candidates. When you run more female candidates, you tend to get more female t- TDs uh, out of out of that. Uh, I don't see us becoming more Eurosceptic. I think as, as time progresses on and we're, we're seeing what's happening in the UK, I think we, we're probably peaking out in terms of our, our EU awareness uh, in this in this uh, country, and hopefully, looking across mm-hmm. at Alice, hopefully we manage to address some of the social issues that this country mm-hmm. has, rather than just mm-hmm. uh, being all about the economy. And to, to the rest of Alice, are you an optimist? I am. I think we all have to be opt- We wouldn't be here if we, if we weren't optimists, and I, I think I am. But I, I have a slight worry that when we're talking about women, I think they should be chosen on merit, not on their gender. Well, that's up to the uh, voters. I mean, the, 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 the yeah, parties but I, don't no, have a they'll be chosen. But I, yeah. th- that doesn't take from the point that mm. I'm making that mm. point. Terry? I would not just be optimistic, but I would be hopeful. I would be hopeful for a new wave of politicians who actually stop lecturing the rest yes. of us about the wonderful economy we live in. Who the hell wants to live in an economy? <laughs> Good <news. And> <laughs> At last words, you, Luke. You are an incurable optimist. Oh, we have to be optimistic. <laughs> we? Yeah, let's hope to God all, all these great advances, remember. Technological as well as everything else should help politicians and help the system. And I hope you'll be here in 10 years' time to grill all these new yeah. generation of politicians. Back. <laughs> I would dare not predict that future. <laughs> anyway, as you say, Luke, science... Never, Never sleeps. sleeps. That's um, right, Paul. Neither do the rest of us a lot of the time. <laughs> That's all we have time for this special show from Aviva Stadium to mark uh, 10 years of yeah. the Pat Kenny Show on News Talk. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.